Hi everyone, welcome to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. This is the final episode of a three-part series answering common objections to plant-based eating with Dr. Nita Hillman, an internal medicine doctor, and Beverly Haynes, a registered dietitian from British Columbia in Canada. In this episode, they answer questions about whether we can get enough iron on a plant-based diet, why even people who eat a plant-based diet can get sick, why some people may appear to get better on a high-fat animal diet, and many questions from the audience. Let's listen in. How about uh, iron? So I see a question from Sarah. Thank you, so, Sarah, for joining us. Uh, iron is also another common one. I didn't have it on my list, but it's a, it's a great one. Uh, people worry about iron because, you know, people think it's yeah, highs in meat, etc. Yeah, you're going to be getting your iron again from, you know, some of those dark leafy greens. You're going to be getting it from your beans, your legumes. Um, you know, there's just so many, uh, I, I like to say so many recipes, so little time. There are just a zillion recipes that I would love to make, but just, I just don't even have the time to do all of it. And, you know, you're, how many different types of beans, legumes are there on the market? Hundreds, you know, we don't get to buy so many in the grocery stores, but, you know, if we're eating a wide variety of beans, a wide variety of greens, just a wide variety of foods on a daily basis, we're going to be getting the nutrition that we need. But yeah, in particular, those, um, you know, iron, kidney beans, all of those beans are going to have a really good amount of, um, of iron in their lentils and all of that. Start eating those beans. They are so good for the body. There was an old jingle, beans, beans are good for the heart. The more you eat, the more you start to enjoy good nutrition. That's what I like to say to people. Eat those beans. Absolutely. Great. Thanks so much, Beverly. Um, uh, Dr. Hillman, uh, uh, going to you, another common thing people say is like, you know, even people who are plant-based, they even get sick. Mm. You know, um, they get, still get cancer, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it doesn't really make a difference. Uh, so you're a doctor, you see patients day in and day out. Uh, any thoughts on that, maybe briefly? Sure, sure. Um, you know, that's a great question. Yes. Anybody, right? We all of us come with a set of genes, right? We've got our parents' genes, we've got uh, you know mom and dad's genes, whatever combination that is, and we know that we're going to be genetically predisposed to certain cancers, right? Certain genes are going to be folded and unfolded, and we get whatever we get in that lottery, you know, of, of, of genes. Um, you've heard, and I'm anyone who has been in in lifestyle medicine, plant-based medicine, all the time will hear that phrase. Genetics loads the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger, right? So yes, there are then things environmentally that are going to contribute also to the, the um, risk of cancer. But what is um, one thing that we know is that those who are living on a plant-based lifestyle, irrespective of what disease that they get, one, they tend to get it later in life, much later in life than those who would, whether it's cancer or diabetes or heart disease, they get to get it much later in life. Additionally, one thing that you have to consider is that not everybody who eats plant-based necessarily eats um, a healthy plant-based lifestyle. So that's one thing to also keep in mind. Right. The other thing to keep in mind is that nutrition is only one component of health. Um, and so there are huge other you know, factors. So I know people who are 
who eat clean plant-based lifestyles but get no exercise. They do not get out and they don't get their sunlight. They don't, um, it, all of these things are very important components of um, prevention of disease, right? They are high, very, live very high stress lifestyles and don't deal and manage stress appropriately, increasing the risk of many of the disease processes, including cancers. So, but one of the things that we know, again, in any of these, when a patient goes on, so once, let's, let's say you get a disease, a, a cancer, a um, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and you've been living a plant-based lifestyle, one of the things that we know is that as you up your gain on that plant-based lifestyle, keep that clean lifestyle, your risk of your ability to be able to remit the cancer, um, to um, to slow down the cancer, the longevity is so much, um, just significantly um, more improved than those who are eating the animal protein or the animal sources of food. Um, so again, I, I, it, I usually, with almost every patient that I've seen, if they've been completely plant-based, there's usually some other aspect of their lifestyle that we can also additionally help to improve. And, and then in the end, I always mention to people, there still is, we still live in a world where people die. And yes, you're going to die of something if we live long enough, we're going to die of something if, you know, if something doesn't otherwise happen in this world. And so um, the quality of life for those on a plant-based lifestyle, even if they do have disease, even if they do um, pass away from that disease, the quality of life is significantly different than those who are um, on a plant-based lifestyle. And this is from my experience of working specifically with patients who have cancer even. It's, um, uh, what is it? Um, autoimmune disease is also, there's a good, very good colleague, friend of mine. And that's something I always mention to people. We just want to be honest about lifestyle to be able to say that you completely reverse and never have diseases doesn't, doesn't exist to happen. And there's a colleague of mine who, who actually introduced me to plant-based medicine, um, was a pediatrician, completely plant-based exercises consistently. I mean, just very well. Um, he got rheumatoid arthritis, but understand that he was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in his eighties. That is not the common age in which rheumatoid arthritis is diagnosed. Mm. If he had very likely had the genetic predisposition for it for such a long time, but it manifested only significantly into his 80s. And then um, the um, his quality of life at this is just is still stunning and amazing. He's still running and still he's still working, practicing as a pediatrician. So and uh, uh, Dr. Hillman, just a kind of like a flip question to that one. Um, and uh, we are kind of coming at the 15 minute mark. So let's, we're going to try to go through some of these last ones in rapid fire. And those who are putting the questions in the chat, we see your questions. Please continue putting them in. We can get to as many as possible. Uh, we have a, a question from Arlette Susanna. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's like a flip to that. What would you say to some people who go on like the complete opposite diet, like the keto, high, high animal diet, and they, they say they get better. You know, they lose weight. Uh, I, I think I heard of diabetes before, things like that. Oh, what would you say to that? Maybe so, very briefly. Yeah, so really, I'll tell you. So I, I've had experience with those patients. And one of the things that is so important when you're looking at plant-based lifestyle, you're looking at total and complete health. Just because you improve one area of your life doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily improve that it, that you are not 
causing detriment to another area of your life. So we've got patients who go on keto diets, they lose weight very quickly and people get very in Oh my goodness. I, you know, I, I did the keto one for most people. It's not sustainable for a long period of time. That's, and that, that's been very common. But additionally, with many of these patients, again, I am dealing with the repercussions of that in these patients where they are uh, because of an unbalanced um, diet in the in a keto or high protein diet. I'm dealing with the depression and the anxiety that is the fallout from this, from the cancers and the heart disease even that is the fallout from these keto diets. These are these are all almost um, dressed up versions of the old Atkins diet, and um, it's just in a it's in a different way. The nice thing about keto and paleo is they do increase a little bit more of the fruits and vegetables and what they did. Um, previously. But again, you're looking at a total and complete health picture. Are you preventing and reversing disease? You are, you can lose weight, your glucose numbers go down. But again, like I mentioned, when you look at these patients, their insulin resistance is not completely reversed. And actually, once they go back to eating any type of carbohydrate, you'll see that glucose number shoot back up. That actually is that evidence of the, of the, um, of the insulin resistance not actually having been greatly uh, affected. So in the sense, um, the, 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 the easy numbers are changed, the, the outward numbers are changed, but the body chemistry actually is not, um, is not changed. The immune system, I'll tell you that's the other thing is the immune system is significantly affected our GI system. So we have our immune system, our GI system also contributes a large part to our immune system, all those good bacteria that line our, our gut. And one of the things that we find on keto and paleo diets is that you see a significant change in those micro microbacteria that are in the lining of the gut that actually will depress the immune system, not make it better. Again, losing weight is good, but you're also going to take the fallout of some other, yeah, problems that come with it. So. True, true. Great. Uh, Beverly, we have some uh, kind of like a very much bread and butter dietitian questions here. So another a common objection is like, uh, eating plant-based is expensive. Mm -hmm. like veggies are expensive for so few calories, et cetera. So right. you're a dietitian. You probably help people with the practicals of, you know, nutrition. How would you advise somebody who right. says that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Unless you're buying a whole lot of those, you know, plant-based convenience foods, you're actually going to save money at the grocery store when you purchase whole food plant-based items. If you're stocking up on the good stuff, and I'm talking about the beans, the vegetables, rice, tofu, the whole grain, you know, the whole grain pastas and breads and those things, these things cost relatively little compared to animal-based foods such as beef, chicken, fish, eggs, etc. For example, just this morning, I checked out the Superstore flyer just so I, you know, I could have this example. Right now, they've got pork side ribs on sale for $4.98 a pound. They've got boneless, skinless chicken breast, $5.48 a pound. Top sirloin steak or roast, $11.88 a pound. If you went over to the bulk food store, you could get green lentils on sale for 48 cents for 100 grams, which equals about 200, uh, I'm sorry, $2.20 for a pound, for a pound of the beans, mm. compared to five, $6 for the chicken, 11, $12 for the roast. And so you see where you start to save yourself a whole lot of money. One cup of those lentils cooked is gonna give you about 18 grams of protein zero grams of sodium, four milligrams of sodium, um, I'm sorry, 
for zero grams of sodium, 230 calories. So right there, you start to see where you're not getting all the fats and the cholesterols. You're saving more than half at the grocery store and you're doing your whole body just a huge favor. So mm -hmm. it's not going to be more expensive for you unless you're purchasing, you know, the veggie burgers and the, all the fake meats and all that type of thing. When we start to make those things ourselves, when we're buying oats and, and, and nuts and, and those kind of things to make our own things, we start to see humongous savings when it comes to purchasing. That's great. I've heard uh, Dr. Um, Neil Barnard say, rice and beans cost pennies. Uh, <laughs> Pretty it's, much. It's very cheap. And, uh, Pretty much. Arlette Susanna says, grow your own food. So I guess that's another solution as well. <laughs> yeah. so, and you know what? Just really quickly with respect to growing our own food, this pandemic that we're in right now has caused such a shift in food production. And there is right now a whole lot of people projecting for food shortages in the coming months and years. So all of you listening right now, start to grow your victory gardens, victory gardens from the old world wars, start to grow your own stuff. Seriously, think about that because there will be shortages coming up pretty quickly. Mm. Great. And, uh, Beverly, it's another, um, another like pretty bread and butter dietitian question. And then maybe Dr. Hillman, I would like you to jump in after that. I think the, one of the big things is like, it just sounds really hard. You know, man, I'm going to cut out all my meat there. Like, what am I going to eat? It sounds uh -huh. so hard. It's, it's going to be bland. So Bev, what are your, what's your advice on that? Well, you know what? If you love bean burritos, if you love pasta with marinara sauce, lentil soup, if you love those kind of things, already you are enjoying plant-based meals. Um, eating plant-based doesn't mean that all you're going to eat is salads. I mean, I get exhausted just thinking of all the millions of things I want to make, but don't have time to make. Um, all sorts of rice dishes, pasta dishes, potato dishes, bean burgers, recipes with fruits and vegetables, desserts. Oh my goodness. There is so much yumminess when it comes to plant-based eating. And really the list is inexhaustible. If you like cooking, there are literally thousands of cookbooks available. If you don't want to go buy a cookbook, just go online, start browsing, just type in uh, plant-based eating and you will get a bazillion recipes okay if you don't like cooking restaurants and especially there in Toronto right now so many restaurants available where you can go and just eat to your heart's content just so much going on right now in the world of plant-based eating this is a really good time to be alive I'm telling you when it comes to plant-based eating great Thank you, uh, Beverly. Dr. Hillman, any just make two quick pointers on that? Yes, so I, I'll tell you actually as a mom, this is a huge thing for me in the sense of um, thinking I have so much to do. And when we were cloth diapering early on, I was like, I have no time to be making a whole bunch of food or doing things. So actually one thing that, is, that does help is, is meal prepping. And one of the things you can actually look online, many, many places that talk about helping going plant-based, cooking in bulk and then putting in freezer. So for example, things that will help um, if I make, whenever I make something, I try to make a lot of it so that I can make a little, put half away to freeze. So if I, um, 
make brown rice. Um, if you are an instant pot fan, I became an instant pot fan when I um, when my um, when my daughter was born, mainly because I could just make huge amounts of brown rice and then put, you know, take half of it and then put them in little quart size bags, put them in the freezer so that I can pull them out. If I'm ever in a pinch and need to make something quickly, I can just pull them out quickly. If I make beans, I make a large amount and then put them in the freezer so that I can come back and, um, and use it. So you have, you keep staples on hand all the time and make sure that they're available. Even like, for example, if I, for some reason, you know, we end up having to take a trip or do something and we, we're starting to see that our vegetables are, are going out, I'll take the celery and I'll take the zucchini and some of the things that are sitting in the refrigerator, I'll chop them up into smaller pieces, wash them well, chop them up into smaller pieces, throw them in the freezer, and then I can pull those out to make a soup or put them, pull them out to make a stir fry or pull them out to do something really quickly in the sense, one, it decreases weight, and then two, I just have things to pull out as quickly as possible. So it's always nice, chop whatever you're chopping and then chop a little bit extra to last um, last there. The other thing about hard, I think that many people mention is, is just the like, okay, I know I need to eat vegetables and I don't know how to eat it. I wanna eat my raw vegetables. I tell people there are many ways to eat your raw vegetables without eating a salad. So you take your salad and you put it into a sandwich. You take your salad and you put it into a burrito. You take your salad and you put it into a soup. You know, you take a veggie broth, one of the soup plantation, one of the places here um, actually had um, a, a veg, an Asian ginger broth. So you take the Asian ginger broth and you chop up all your vegetables really tiny and you put them into the, into that soup and you eat it and, and it's eaten and you enjoy it. And this, I used to do that for my patients, my lifestyle patients. So there are so many, many, many ways. Um, another website I would just in, in, in mention to people, there's a, um, um, what did I just say? Um, Many people who are don't eat a typical Western type meals, and um, if they're eating a lot of ethnic foods, where we're considered ethnic foods, Asian food, Indian food, whatnot, wonder how can I take those foods that are usually heavily meat-based and then change them. Vegan Richa is one that I use a lot. Um, she takes almost every every Indian food you can ever think of that you ever loved, and she can give you a whole food plant-based version of that mm. in a delicious way. And we have served it time and time again to our meat-loving Indian family and friends, and they love it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, and uh, we have a we're coming to the end here. So maybe we just take a few few more questions. We have a question from Patty. She's saying, you know, if somebody wants to go uh, like plant based cold turkey, um, is there just some things to be concerned about? You know, just some pointers. Should I take vitamins? Um, so maybe Beverly, if you want, maybe some quick things. Like somebody wants to go plant based right. cold turkey, like three points or something like that. Right. Well, again, what I said previously, you know, educate yourself, definitely do some education before you do anything cold turkey. And one resource that is really fabulous, um, if any of you are familiar with Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, PCRM.org is their website. They have a 21-day kickstart program, and you just sign up for that for free, and they will send you an email every day for 21 days that walks you through what you're doing. So, um, you know, they'll give you recipes, they'll give you tips and pointers on healthy living and all of that, just to make your transition nice and easy. And so that you don't have to worry so much about, oh, what am I doing wrong and all that, they will walk you through it. So use that resource, just go to pcrm.org, sign up, use that resource, and they've got a whole lot of great articles and all that type of stuff 
on their website as well that will help you in your transitioning. Educate yourself. That's what I like to mm. tell people. Please educate yourself about what you're doing. Mm. Okay. And uh, there's just maybe one final question here from uh, Charlene. Um, it's about heavy metals from seed crops. They're saying that uh, there might be heavy metals in seed crops. Um, and what, what do you say about that? There, it says here, are there more heavy metals in seed crops than meats? So actually, interestingly, all of these, um, these whether, it's, um, whether it's hormones or toxins or metals, one of the things, that the principles is um, uh, bioaccumulation. So up the food chain, as you get higher and higher in the food chain, you're going to have a higher concentration of these accumulation of these heavy metals. So um, one, I guess one of the things to keep in mind is that, um, is that even if it is in those crops, you're going to find them higher in higher concentration than in your, in your animals that are eating those crops higher up the food chain. So um, you're at more danger in that way. But then the other thing actually to keep in mind, healthier liver and kidneys, your, your kidneys, your liver, your skin, your lungs are some of the best ways that your body gets rid of waste and processes some of these heavy metals and processes some of these, um, um, what do you call, um, heavy metals and toxins. Um, Plant-based lifestyles are the best way to keep those organs functioning well so that you can actually get rid of these things even if you do accumulate some of them through the environmental use of some of these. Um, mm. and, uh, Beverly, I don't know if you Yeah, absolutely. And things like green juices, you know, chlorophyll is a really, um, excellent way of getting rid of some of those heavy metals in your body. Um, so doing some juicing with those nice dark leafy greens is so good for your body. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. To learn more about Lifestyles Medicine and our many community programs and events, please visit www lifestylemed.org To learn more about our clinic partner Pathways Lifestyle Medicine Clinics in Toronto, go to www.pathwaystohonest.ca We hope to see you at our next episode. Until then, remember your lifestyle is medicine.